It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Love Talk Radio. Great joy and good afternoon, my friend. The Nepalese meditation bowl is chiming, centering your mind and delight on the art of the CEO. The show that brings you the wisest counsel and the most fascinating people in the business community from all around our terrestrial orb. I am Bart Jackson, your anonymous Bosch of business. And my friend, is it possible to be the jack of all business trades and still be the utmost innovating master of many? Well, if you are Mr. Nicholas D'Onofrio, the answer is a resounding yes. Uh, Nick has, in his 44 stellar years of service to IBM, acted as VP of Innovation and Technology. He's chaired IBM's Board of Governors for their Academy of Technology and was awarded that company's highest technical honor, an IBM Fellow. And meanwhile, on the financial front, Nick has served uh, disruptively and transformationally, shall we say, these last 20 years as director of the Bank of New York Mellon, uh, along with a host of other directorships, as well as the National Association of Corporate Directors. Business Week has named him among its top 25 innovation champions, and he holds seven tech uh, patents. And quite frankly, his honors roll out more than my uh, college Shakespeare thesis in number of pages and items. So... Uh, This very day, we are going to skim deep the well of his knowledge with just a small teaspoon and talk about the role of board members and corporate leadership in a technologically juggernauting climate of business. So if you want to take heed from some hard-won wisdom from a very sage master on labor force, directors, financial institutions, pull up your chair a little closer and join us at this feast of wisdom, all carefully cuisined, to make your career thrive and your ventures flourish. Nick, I thank you for joining us to share your insights and wizardry and a little prognosticatory uh, solutions for us today. I look forward to it, Bart. Thank you very much. It's quite an introduction. And, well, you're, you're quite a gentleman of uh, many, many parts. Nick, you, you've served as uh, the director, as I said, for the Bank of New York Mellon 20 years. Now, that's a bank that is arguably one of the most powerful in the nation. I mean, there's 12 federal uh, reserve districts, and uh, New York's the leader of, of those, and the BNY <coughs> is one of the most influential houses in Manhattan, in New York. And as it often happens with large organizations with that kind of power and responsibility, they tend to become petrified. They they weigh down with a sheer sense of importance with each decision. I was wondering, was this a problem for the BNY board, and did they have to guard against it? So it's a really good question, Bart. Um, so when I joined that board uh, so many years ago, back in the late 90s, it was just the Bank of New York. It wasn't the Bank of New York Mellon, and it struggled with the kind of bank that it was going to be, but it was a button-down bank. I mean, it was what you're saying. It was the quintessential financial institution. You know, everybody wore jackets and ties and white shirts preferably, and um, it was numbers, 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 numbers. 
Um, and right, it right. had a it had a retail section as well as a back office section. I mean, it's basically uh-huh. the bank that opens and closes the Federal Reserve. So it has a huge back office right. function. And to its credit, it started to realize that that back office function, you know, being being the operator of all of the systems that matter was probably the business that it was meant to be in. And over time, right. we left. We left the retail banking market, um, and we built a stronger set of systems, a stronger set of technologies, um, and started offering services to a myriad of other financial uh, institutions. And then ultimately, as you know, we merged uh, with Mellon, and formed right. the Bank of New York Mellon. And Mellon had pretty much moved in this direction as well. It had pretty much uh, moved out of the retail banking uh, you know, marketplace. Yeah, they were aligned uh, with you in many ways. Though. Yes, they, they were kind of like a perfect uh, fit, a hand-in-glove uh, type of fit, where, where we were weak, they were strong. Where they were strong, we were weak. So it kind of, you know, we didn't, we didn't necessarily... Um, you know, double down in any areas as much as we complicate, complemented each other in many areas. So, but but technology was the binding force part. I mean, in the end, right, the, right. the Bank of New York Mellon uh, realizes that it's a technology-driven enterprise. That that makes a difference. Now, and you came on the board as a technology specialist. I mean, you'd already had a highly valued career at IBM, and uh, you. I was wondering if you could share, uh, well, what BNY or and BNY Mellon were yeah. seeking from you when you came. Yeah, it's a good question. What were they thinking when they asked for me? Uh, yeah. So, and, yeah. well, I, I wanted. To, I, I'm glad you said that. I, I think, yeah. But, uh, no, no, it's it's okay. Um, I mean, and they and to their credit, I mean, the leaders then were Tom Rennie and Gerald Hassel, and to their credit. Uh, Bart, they actually went to IBM and asked for someone. They they literally oh. went to Lou Gerstner um, and sat down mm-hmm. with him and said, Lou, we need somebody from your company on our board. Who might that be? And then as the story goes, and, of course, I wasn't there, so it, it has to be as the story goes, Lou said to them, well, I think the guy you want is Nick D'Onofrio. Um, and by the way, he's got another offer to join another bank board, so you better hurry up and <laughs> and talk with him because he's only going to do one. Um, so you better and, hustle. <laughs> and they did. I mean, they were, I think they were. They did, right? They did hustle. Came to mind, you know, and said, "Hey, we want to talk to you." So they, they knew what they wanted. Put a horse's head in your bed, and you couldn't refuse, and and so you went with them. Well, yeah, they're good guys. Yeah. I went down and visited with them. You know, they knew what they wanted. It was a I mean, these are bankers. These are bankers, bankers we're talking about when we talk about people like Tom Rennie oh, yeah. and Gerald Hassel. But they knew sure. right then and there, this is 1998, uh, they knew this is what they needed. They needed a technologist. They needed somebody who actually understood these systems because in all candor, these systems can't stop running. I mean, this is why this bank is right. so important. Every bank says that, but this bank means that. Yeah. I mean, it it is the banker for other banks. I mean, it's how those systems work. The system would would take an immense nosedive if, with a, a blip, a blip in BNY shimmers throughout 
the entire economic structure. You're right. Well, I mean, so just, they bring on. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say to to make your point even more vivid. It, remember what happened to us in 2001. Um, you know the the horrible uh, you know uh, problems that that incurred in New York after the Twin Towers were attacked. Um, the Bank of New York, the, the Bank of New York shut down. Um, you know its yes. communication systems couldn't work. I mean, unfortunately, the way things worked out, you know, it had multiple communication paths, but they were both, um, you know, severely damaged, you know, as a result of the Twin Towers falling. And it took us extraordinary effort um, to literally be able to bring the bank up and to open, uh, open the Federal Reserve and to open the markets. Uh, took us a couple of days to do that, and that was all this, technology, Bart. We had to this you know, must have been a rehost it, re-bed re, re it, and, and put it, you know, we had to put it in different places. And we did that, by the way, and, and the bank did that. They had a lot of uh, hard workers, but I'm also proud to tell you that IBM, you know, helped them do that, you know, as well. So it became very vivid to everyone. It was just like, mm-hmm. okay, if you had any doubt in your mind, Clear it right now. Just get it out of your right. get, it, get that stupid thought out of your head. This is all about technology, and by gosh, by golly, we're going to have to be much more serious about this. So this was one of the the, the hallmarks that came tumbling home. I mean, in 1814, uh, when the White House was burned, they just picked up the mm-hmm. files, they moved it, and they moved the government elsewhere. Yep. And that sort of mindset remained with us, I think, all the time yeah. until we saw. Our dependency. So you come in, absolutely, and Mr. Nicholas D'Onofrio comes in, and and you gave a, a shall we say, a different definition to the bank. And I remember you you shared that. Could you share that definition that you said of what a bank is? Yeah. So I mean, you know, <clears throat> I I got myself in a lot of trouble uh, for a lot of reasons as bet. a director. Um, but you know, I think that's what it's all about. You know, you've got to be very active and <laughs> speak up. So, look, I, you know, the, the the regulators used to question me regularly, like, like, why are you here? I mean, what do you know <clears throat> about banking? Right. And I kept saying to them, actually, what do you know about banking? You obviously don't understand how banks bank. You know, there is nobody running around with a bag of gold. You know, uh, that that right. is not how things get done. They get done because of these computer systems. And these computer systems are the things that matter. We have digitized all of this, uh, dear regulator. Pay attention to the fact that the biggest risks the banks have are the risks of technology. There's a lot of ways to get yourself in trouble. There's a lot of fraud. There's a lot of issues with anti-money laundering. All of those things are true. But by the way, every one of all those things do is flip zeros to ones and ones to zeros and move things that way and the more you know about <clears throat> the digital security of these financial institutions, and, and at this right. point in time, no one was really using the word cybersecurity, but I was using the word digital no, no, security, no, no, no. the better served you are. And then, you know, finally, yeah. you know, after uh, embarrassing themselves and me several times in public, um, you know, by wondering why I was there, that whole thing flipped around. As I prepare to leave the bank, you know, after 20 years, you know, it's like, hey, wait a minute, where are you going? You know, 
Uh, why aren't there more like you? Right. Uh, why doesn't everybody have someone of this skill set on their board? And that's pretty much the way the regulators – so they get it now, but it took them a very long time to understand why – uh, why the Bank of New York would want someone like me on their board. Right. Well, if you have just been li- listening to this, you have, you've been listening to us, you have been hearing some fascinating words from Nick D'Onofrio, and you're, you're hearing them on The Art of the CEO, which every Tuesday at 2 p.m. floats merrily uh, along your way through the mightily misunderstood realms of cyberspace, where you may listen and download this and all our episodes by visiting theartoftheceo.com. That's theartoftheceo.com. Oh, and it's an added avenue. You may also enjoy our shows on <clears throat> C-Suite Radio Station. We're proud members of C-Suite Radio, where the wisdom of experts flows profitably in right into your own enterprises. So just visit the Art of the CEO episodes also on c-suiteradio.com. Now, Nick, the regulators uh as a, you had said give you were giving you a great deal of nonplussed wonderment but was is, is the battle between regulators and board members has gone on forever technologic technologically yeah. or not uh it it's standard but is it not possible particularly with the 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 uh technological isn't it possible to that Regulators can be can act as can embrace the boards, and work as 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 solution partners. Is that possible? Yes, it is. Um, and actually, the the to, to your point, I mean, my relationship with the regulators turned turned completely around. I mean, they started to come and ask me uh, to educate them. They just, they asked me, tell me more about this. <clears throat> as we actually started to introduce the word cybersecurity, you know, what do we have to worry about, Nick? Tell us about what the possibilities are. How could how could people you know make this a problem? I mean, I I never uh, adopted a position of of being against the the regulator. I always wanted the regulator to be as helpful as possible, and I wanted to be as helpful as possible with the regulator. Um, so over time, we built a very strong relationship, um, educating each other, listening to each other, doing a better job. Of, of interacting with each other because the fact of the matter is we're in an industry, we chose to be in that industry if you're in the financial services industry, and it is a regulated industry. That's just the way yeah. life goes, whether it's here or anywhere else in the world. And, and therefore, there has to be better uh, uh, ebb and flow. There has to be better back and forth. It, it's getting better. It's not where it should be, uh, Bart, to be, to be candid with you. Um, and I think they would agree. I think the regulators would agree. There, there is a lot more that the bankers know than the regulators could ever know about what's going on. And the, the right. trick isn't to game them. The trick isn't to fool them. That's not the job, you know, to just stay one step ahead of, quote, unquote, to borrow the phrase, the sheriff. That, that's a bad attitude, uh, if you're in a regulated right. industry, you want it, you want an ebb and flow. You want to have a harmonious relationship, and you should be as serious as they are, and they should be as serious as you are. You know, in the sense of this is how the job gets done. I I totally agree with you. You know, as a matter of fact, Nick, it's, I would like to uh, my friend listening that to say to you that Nick has just spoken what we call a timeless truth, and we're calling it a quill pen moment because I would like you to dip your pens in your inkwell and jot down that in all 
compliance and regulation, there is the attempt to make a healthy industry and a harmonious relationship, as Nick says, yes. is the best for all of them. Thank you for, for doing that. And sure. now, Nick, I'm going to do something here. I'm going to uh, come up at you, test your ability as a corporate director, as I may. You're we're mm-hmm. working with harmonious uh, <clears throat> relationships. Uh, you are a corporate director. And let's say it's of your alma mater, IBM, and I come up to you and I say, Nick, I'm a shareholder or whatever I say, Nick, last year IBM, uh, 2018, pulled in $21.76 billion in revenue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in 2018, that same year, the taxes they paid was zero, according to the New York Times. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm a shareholder, and I come up to you and I say, Nick, what's going on? Answer me. <laughs> well, I'm not I'm not on the IBM board uh and I'm not there anymore. I know that but I but you, you know, are a corporate you know director. You, you would you know all of those things. Right. So I I say look, um we pay we pay taxes in many ways. Uh we pay taxes uh locally, we pay taxes where the law requires us to pay taxes. Um you know, I I suspect the situation you're you're citing is there's either carry carry forward losses uh, that were accrued that are written off, um, or they have accrued their profits in, in tax-free zones for whatever reason, however, however they manage to do that. So it's not a simple conversation. You know, it sounds like it should be a simple conversation. You made this much money, you paid no taxes. How did you get away with that? But I will say this, in the name of good corporate governance, in the name of all that's right with respect to relationships with your stakeholders, I mean, there should be a dialogue. You should be able to explain to people exactly what transpired, how it happened, and why it happened, and get their opinion on how they feel about it, Uh, whether it's the, the issue of governance or the environment you know, or, uh, you know, the social issues that you're dealing with, that whole arena, you know, deserves a great deal of of attention on the part of the board. You can't uh, simply whistle by those issues, you know, uh, as they were in the past. You owe it to yourself as a director to know why those things are happening, to to be educated, and to be involved. Uh, you've heard me say this before, Bart. If you are not an active director, then you deserve an activist. Right. I think well put. And, and, and you notice, my friend listening, that Nick didn't dodge. He gave the best answer he possibly could, but then said, this deserves more. Thank you very yep. much. Yep. And now... Nick, you're gonna. Uh, we're gonna continue. Nick's gonna be sharing with us some surprising perceptions about uh, a little more about the Federal Reserve and some necessary business shifts, both on boards and our corporate labor force. Right after we kind of gather our little gray cells, which he's been stretching here, uh, and we're gonna take a brief sorbet from today's feast of wisdom, if you will, and allow me to uh, offer you a few utensils for today's feast. And the first utensil, as I always do, allow me to remind each of you hearing my voice that the good Lord has gifted you with the title and privileges of Chief Executive Officer of yourself. 
And since that's really the most important position you'll ever hold in your career, allow me to ask, will this be the day that you take a CEO's scrutiny of your advisors? I don't mean your mental board of directors. I mean the real folks that you're turning to for answers. And will you measure the wisdom of their counsel? Or will you continue to select your advice based merely on loyalty and convenience? The choice, my friend, is truly yours. As a second utensil, I can sense you yearning to steep your lips into a little laughter and take a scriptural recitation from the 101 Best Business Quips book. And as I thumb through it, here we are. Okay, this is number 48. <laughs> Basing your long-range corporate strategy on statistical data alone is like judging a beauty contest based on a radio <laughs> description of the candidates. <laughs> What do you think, Nick? Is there a tendency for boards to become a bit, uh, I don't know, numbers happy and uh, see data as a sole criterion? You know, that's so true, uh, Bart. It's a really good clip. Uh, it is so true. I mean, the, the thing as a director that you have to remember is it's not just the what. Um, it's the how uh-huh. Uh-huh. and the why. Right. And too often, to your point, all we care about are the numbers. You know, what did you do? How fast did you do it? Um, and that's all that people see. But, you know, you, you kind of miss the fact. And, you, by the way, you're going to miss the culture, and you're going to miss understanding the culture of the company, which you're equally responsible for, I must remind you, you know, as a director. Thank you. Uh, you're going to miss that. I mean, that's how you get into trouble at places like Wells Fargo. That's how you get in trouble. Uh, you get in trouble in places like Volkswagen. Um, that's how you get these problems to show up, and then you, you know, it becomes, uh, you know, it becomes everybody's everyday cannon fodder for, for messaging and and, and reading, and you don't want to be that. Right, right. As, uh, you don't want to be on a board that does that. You don't want to be that as a director. So if all you do is immerse yourself in numbers, um, they don't need you. There are better people than you. And by right. the way. You know, um, if if that's what you do, we can probably find uh, artificial intelligence to do it better than you. Mm-hmm. So, uh, excellent. And uh, as an afterthought, may your intelligence be a lot more than artificial. <laughs> and anyway, yeah. if you smirk a bit over yeah. that quip, we've got them literally by the books full. So come on and visit bartsbooks.com <laughs> and uh, get a copy of a 101 Best Business Quips or 102, and your joyfully jocking Bomos will be guaranteed to make the whole world seem brighter than it already is or something. I, and as a third utensil, we sumptuously spoon to you the answer to last week's business quotation. That uh, That is, the name of the individual who said, horse sense is the one thing that keeps the horse from betting on people. <laughs> and those wise words were spoken by none other than the wry-witted, nearly ethical, liver, liver, liquor-loving <laughs> Mr. William Claude Duncanfeld, better known to us as W.C. Fields. Congratulations <laughs> to all you winners, and stick with us, because later on in the show, blurting your way, comes another enriching quotation, and if you're among the learned souls who knows the author of that quote, simply scribble that sage's name down as you believe him or her to be, and email it right off to info at bartsbooks.com. That's I-N-F-O at bartsbooks.com. And if you're correct, your knowledge will learn you a career-igniting gift freshly disemboweled from the dungeons of Bart's Books Bookstore. 
And before we return to IBM fellow Nick D'Onofrio to learn just what technology expects of us, allow me to introduce to you the company by whose good graces we're here today, and that firm is Prometheus Publishing, creator of, uh, among many other divisions, uh, Bart's Books Ultimate Business Guides. And this very day, Prometheus invites you to take a look at actually the book which launched this whole bizarre radio show, the book entitled The Art of the CEO. Uh, it's a volume that collects and distills the most masterful practices of business leaders from all around the globe and presents them to you to apply to your own career and your own company. The book has been praised by CEO of uh, Gunter Media, uh, Mr. Dow Gunter, as, quote, one of the best business leadership books I've read in my career, full of wisdom, what are you waiting for, unquote. And I so pick up your copy. And while you've directed your cyber feed to bartsbooks.com, you may want to go pick up, uh, punch, just punch that little quips tab and subscribe absolutely free to uh, Bart's Business Quips. And by the eternal enigma of e- email, you're going to receive a fresh dose of laughter winging your way every week that'll astound and appall you, no doubt. And so now, with utensils in hand, and let's. Uh, find a little more wisdom from Nick D'Onofrio, who is going to provide some, well, some better board, uh, guidelines for us all uh, facing the roller coaster of the 21st century, uh, whether you're a board member or just one of us plain folk. Uh, Nick, uh, you had talked about uh, how board members need to be educated and so forth, to be actively educating themselves. Where would you say, just uh, as an oversight, that that we board members are falling down in our education? What are we not seeing, learning, and picking up that, <clears throat> generally speaking, that we should be? Sure. Um, so, as you know, Bart, and, and uh, we did some work with the New Jersey chapter of NACD on the issue of artificial intelligence, um, but that's just sure. the surface of of what the issue is. The whole digital revolution is where I think board members need to become much more comfortable. They need to feel digitally savvy. Not, I'm not suggesting that, that everyone needs to become a digital expert or be able to do you know, the things that are, that are required to get into this environment, but there's no reason why you can't understand it and appreciate it. And at the same time, as a as a director, you really need to understand the business of the business that you're that whose board you're on. So the enterprise you're on right. has a reason to be. You need to understand what that enterprise does, how it provides value, whatever that value is. It can it can be monetary value, it can be political value, educational value, it can it can be a myriad of other values. If you don't understand right, that, right. and if you don't understand the role of digital technology in it, then I think you are falling short as a director. And you need to find the educational sources, and there are many out there, uh, that can bring you up to speed. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because I think uh, Bill Kraut, uh, an excellent advisor of CEOs, has said that CEOs themselves don't see the proposition value of their own firm, and and you're saying that uh, they're joined by too many board members. And I think to to see that, to yeah. not to know about the business and the value they're giving, good for you. I'm I'm glad you said that. Now, Nick, well, you people, also people, serve um, on Bart, the pe- people too often. People too often, especially directors, think they were put on a board for some very specific reason. 
you know, like I'm yeah, I'm yeah. this person. You know what I mean? I'm the audit person, or right, I'm the, I'm the, the HR the person, Chinese or I'm the person. I'm the sales. No, you know I mean, yeah, you might get there that way, but once you're there, go check the law. I mean, the law doesn't exonerate you from, you know, from, you know, being loyal uh, and 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 dutiful uh, in terms of your care for just those those areas. It's it's an enterprise that you're responsible for. It's a it's a company you're responsible for in total. Yeah, and you yeah. can't, you know, you can't take a pass on Trump on things that. as a director. Right. You're not a you're not a consultant. You're you're no. you're, a, uh, you're a responsible director of right. that that entity. That very and you're good. representing and now, you're representing stakeholders. One, you know, all of you know, in, yeah. in all ways and in every way. And we keep saying that's not me. That's why people walk away from the digital uh, side. Of, oh, that's not what they hired me for. I don't know anything about that. I don't need to know anything no. about that. Okay, I'm sorry. I don't mean they, to touch you off there. And there were there was a time when when heads of companies would say, oh, uh, I don't deal with the money. That's the money, boys. That's we've seen how foolish that is. Same with digital. Right. 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 Nick, you have served on the National Commission for the Future of Higher Education. And Mm. one of the things, uh, boards are needing to change, but uh, you have said uh, very understandably that that the mid-skill America Mm. is needing and is going to have to retrain. Mm. And I, I just... I, I it, it seems obvious to me. I, I don't see why it's difficult to understand. I mean, jobs are not going to disappear. We don't need to retreat to the coal mines uh, to, to, to save our jobs because that's all I do. Um, old occupations will make way for new. We've done it from the machine, from the agrarian to the machine age. Um, shouldn't there be a thirst for the skilled workers to, to go forward? There should be, but I think they're frightened, and understandably so. Um, I think we need to make it easier, Bart. I think we need to commit ourselves to a retraining program, much like we did, you know, when our veterans came home from from war. Uh, It's the equivalent of a GI Bill. I've said this over and over again to people, and their eyes roll, and they say, well, yeah, how are you going to fund that? Well, industry can help fund. A lot of people can start to fund it. And, you know, if the employment ranks rise too high, you're going to say, well, how could you not fund it? Um, So, you know, there's going to be displaced workers. And as technology accelerates, you could argue it's going to happen faster. And therefore, as you do technology, you owe it to yourself to also be able to study and understand the consequences that you're looking for as well as the unintended consequences. And we don't do enough of that uh, in this world. We kind of put it out there, throw it out there, and, and just try to make it work and gain as much you know, prosperity from it as we can, as opposed to doing that but at the same time saying, and you know what, be careful of this. Watch this because this is going to happen as well. Uh, much of what's going on on the Internet, much of what goes on in cyberspace, I mean, all of those things were predictable. All of those things were understandable. All of those things were avoidable. Right. And, and you know, I don't think any, that's a very good point. People, I don't see the bad things that have happened, the evils that have seeped in, and yet I don't think anyone, interestingly, is surprised by them. And that's right. Uh, we're mired so much in one quarter thinking, you know, this quarter, that quarter. And I think that a lot of it is because we live in the flatland of modernity. I go, we, we, science, we scientize, we quantify. 
and we don't think, uh, and that prevents our longer-term view. Oh, Nick, I'd like to go on forever, but uh, <laughs> alas, uh, the, I, I, I hear Kronos knocking at our door. So uh, I just one one more thing I would like to ask: if I wanted to take advantage of. Uh, Nicholas D'Onofrio's uh, business and scientific expertise. How can I get a hold of you at NMD Consulting? So the best way to reach me is through email, um, nmd1 uh, at ymail.com, nmd1 at ymail.com. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And I, I really think that uh, so if any of you are on boards and uh, you want to get more on board, this uh, Nick is the man to call, and if you're looking for somebody who is who would uh, would really give up uh, a slightly different uh, and wiser perspective at your next meeting, and you need somebody to talk, Nick is absolutely your man. And I he think he can even tell you about his car car collection. Oh, uh, you're very kind, but, uh, Bart. Thank you. Uh, hey, look, Bart, it's very that's simple. That's going to be for another day. Very simple at my <laughs> age. I, I work every day to be on the right side of history. And I want everybody else to do that as well. Oh, wonderful. We I truly we are all terminal and we should realize that. I thank you. Amen. Amen. Well, we will have you back. <laughs> truly <laughs> again. Sir. Thank you so much, Nick. Okay. Cheers. As we Bye-bye. round out today's feast, I am Bart Jackson, your curator of business wisdom, leaving you with today's business quotation. That is, who was it who said Don't be distracted by criticism. Remember, the only taste of success most folks get is to take a bite out of you. (laughs) I love that. Anyway, uh, as a hint to the author, a blend of salesmanship and showmanship fueled this flamboyant uh, selling speaker or consultant's highly acclaimed career, along with such books as See You at the Top. And remember, if you know the author of this quote, just scribble that author's name down as you believe it to be and send it right off to info at bartsbooks.com, and you will win a life-changing book from the dungeons of Bart's Books Bookstore. And be sure to tune in to the Art of the CEO radio show next week as Mark Oshima, co-founder of the wildly explosive Aerial Farms, is going to be teaching us some new and very hopeful ways that we can feed our planet using an indoor farming method that produces 350 times a greater yield, food yield per acre uh, than soil-growing agriculture. Lots to hear about. And as a parting shot, in the words of my wife's husband, I pay our consultant $900 an hour. One day a month, he's worth it. I just wish I knew which day. <laughs> and to you, gleefully sharing our feast. I hope you've enjoyed the Art of the CEO show as much as Nick and I have enjoyed bringing it to you. And remember, you may download this and all our shows by visiting theartoftheceo.com. And finally, to you, who have honored us with your time, may I say, as always, it has been a privilege, and I thank you. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.